know, you'll be okay. So for two weeks there, for about 17 days, I uh, went through all the symptoms of it, couldn't eat, so forth, was weak. I mean, it was all I could do to take a shower and then shave. So I thought it was just because of lack of eating and then the symptoms. And so I got better, and then I teach, and school is about ready to start. And so I couldn't start the, the first week of school because I was still weak. And then I started the next week after uh, Labor Day. And so I went to school, couldn't hardly talk. I'd get out of breath. And so I went through that week. Well, then four weeks ago, as uh, Pastor Maria was saying, that Wednesday night, I uh, started coughing. And so I, something happened. And so I started coughing, couldn't stop. And it was that way for about an hour. Then I got to where I couldn't breathe. So for people that have asthma, I don't have asthma, but I would liken it to that, that I couldn't get my breath. So I sat down and finally got to the point where I could gain my composure and I finally got to where I could breathe. So I, I told Maddie, I said, I'm going to go lay down. So I went into our bedroom and I laid down on the bed. I don't know how long I was in there, you know, maybe 30, 45 minutes. And I woke up again coughing. Well, I, I sat up on the bed and I started coughing and I couldn't stop. So when I tried to stand up, the last thing I remember was standing up. And then I blacked out. I just passed out. And then, I don't know, they said that I was there probably for a few minutes. They were in another part of the house. And we have hardwood floors. And so the next thing I remember was Aaron coming and shaking me and trying to get me up. So he, he got me up, and in the process, I'd hit my head. I had a cut, and uh, I was still kind of incoherent. And Maddie called the ambulance. The ambulance came, and they got me to the hospital, to the emergency room, and my oxygen levels were low. And so they took me into the emergency room, and after a, a while that I was in there, they took, did x-rays uh, of everything, of my head and my body. So the doctor come back and come in and sat down. And he said, well, he said, you tested positive for COVID. So this was four weeks after, the, uh, three weeks after the fact. And I said, really? He said, yes. I said, well, I had all those symptoms. He was asking me about the symptoms. I said, I had those two or three weeks ago. And he said, really? I said, yes. And he said, well, and I don't know if there's any nurses here, but he said, he sat down beside of me, and he says, what you have is called a pneumothorax. And he says, what it amounts to? And I said, pneumonia? He goes, no. He said, You have a hole in your left lung. 
And he said, it's deflated. And he said, that's why you couldn't breathe. And he says, we don't know why it happens, but he said, it, we see it in just 1% of COVID patients. And he says, generally, it's fatal. <laughs> so he said, what we're going to do, he said, we're going to go ahead and, and put in a chest tube. He said, what's happened? He says, all the air and everything has leaked into your uh, cavity there in the lungs. And he said, we're going to put in a chest tube and see if that works. And he said, your lungs are scarred. And he said, even the right lung is somewhat scarred. So that's the plan. That's what we want to do. So I said, okay. So that's what we'll do. So they wheeled me around to the uh, emergency room for the procedure. And there was two doctors there. Uh, and so they start the procedure. He said, this is what we're going to do. He said, we're going to put your arm up over your head, and we're going to strap your arm down there. We're going to strap this arm down. And he says, we're going to make an incision, uh, and we're going to run a tube into the cavity, to your air cavity, between the ribs. So I said, okay, all while you're awake. So he says, I'm going to take, and he says, I'll deaden the area where I'm going to uh, make the incision. And so he did. But you got to remember, and I was telling Maddie and them this morning, we were talking about, uh, I didn't feel any pain with all the shots and with all the, the things that they did. There was no pain. I got shots in my stomach, I got blood drawn, uh, you know, I had other shots and IVs and things like that, but it, it was no pain. And so he did the process, I could only feel a little pressure and I knew when he inserted the tube, and so after he inserted the tube and then things began to work, then I could breathe somewhat easier. So I stayed there and they monitored me there in intensive care. Uh, all Thursday, all Thursday night, and Friday. And I told them, I said, the most uncomfortable part about being there was staying on that same cot that I was on, and it was not a bed, it was one of the emergency, one of the cots, and uh, that, and I survived a nurse that, uh, I don't know, I found out later that, that what I was telling her was correct. So they had taken me down for, just to tell you this, they had taken me down for x-rays early that morning, and it seemed like I was getting x-rays every five hours. And so the nurse there that was the night nurse, she came back because every time I had this tube in my side and I had this uh, thing that I had to carry along with me when we went, and the, come back in, she's hooking all the tubes back up and so forth, you know. And it was suction. It had water in it. It was suction. And so she hooked me back up. And she goes, okay. I said, are you comfortable? I said, well, right now I am. And uh, went out. 
Well, you know, after a few minutes, it felt like a balloon was blowing up. And so it wasn't as comfortable as it was before, and I could tell it was. It was just like blowing up a balloon. So I called the desk, and she, after a few minutes, come in. I said, listen, I said, I don't think you fixed this right. <laughs> so I said, it's expanding instead of, you know, doing what? She goes, you sure? I said, yes. So she checks, and she checks the hoses and everything. She goes, well, this is right, this is right, this is right. And I said, well, I'm just telling you. And so she went and got another nurse. The other nurse come in and said, no. Said, well, you do have this turned wrong, and this is done wrong. And so there was a little relief there. And she goes, how is it now? I said, it's better. Well, you know, they went, and they came for another x-ray an uh, hour or so later. And I guess she was still unsure about herself because she brought another person in from another area of the hospital for him to check. And he goes, oh, no. Said, you've got it all wrong. Said, this is said this goes here this goes here and this needs to be turned like this and I mean I'd already told the woman I said listen I said the water is there for the suction part she goes you think so I said no I know so now I went to I, I went to college and I was working on my pre-med degree I didn't make it to medical school but I knew enough about it that this isn't right so we got all set the next day, they got me to a room, and we get upstairs, and, uh, you know, I get in a room, bed, and everything, so this is Friday evening, and uh, I'm already feeling somewhat better, and so the, the nurses were getting ready to change shifts, and she comes in, and she's showing the other nurse that was fairly new. Uh, she said, now listen, said this line here, said if this valve is not turned this way, it's going to push air in and said it's going to blow his lung up. And so I had somebody that knew what they were doing. So, <laughs> so my suspicion was right, and the other one, it could have been worse. But that was Friday evening. Uh, Saturday morning, I was feeling better. I was breathing a lot better, still having some problems breathing. And I was able to get up and walk around a little bit. And they were amazed. But it was because of the prayer. Because normally, I don't know if people get chest tubes. I was checking, and, and the doctors were amazed too. One of the, the general doctor that I had uh, come in, and he said, you know, he said, are, are you sure you're not experiencing any pain or anything? And I told him, I said, no. So they kept looking for things, and I said, no. He said, well, he said, I've never seen anything like this. He said, uh, you know, he said, your case, and he said, the blood work that we're doing and everything that we're doing, he said, it's just like you're ahead of you're not falling into that like everybody else and he said would you mind if he said we have so few of these cases like I said only one percent uh, have this he said would you mind if I use your case and write it up in the journal of medicine and 
I said, no, if it'll help other people, that's fine. So we go on through Saturday. We're still taking x-rays, I mean, two or three times a day. And uh, we get to Sunday, and the other doctor comes in, and he says, you know, he said, things aren't getting any worse. And he says, I still keep looking at the right lung and looking for something there. He says, but I'm not, not seeing anything. And he says, your lung is inflating it's doing what we want but there's still scar tissue there and everything and uh, he says if you keep progressing the way you are he said you know we may look at going home maybe Monday tomorrow I said well great that'd be fine with me and uh, so the lung doctors come in the lung surgeons he starts going over the processes well if this doesn't uh, you know, if there's still this and the lung is not healing, if the hole isn't healing, then uh, we're going to have to go through these steps. Uh, one would be to go in and there's a, like a powdery substance that they can inject in there that would keep the lung uh, kind of glued to the wall to where it would inflate some. Or the other one was to go in and kind of... Um, shave off the scar tissue to where the lung could regenerate or the other one was just to go in and do surgery and remove part of the lung. So we're going over the options and so I tell him this was uh, Monday and I told him I said you know what I, I said we're just going to try to let the lung heal on its own. I told him, I said, uh, I'm a person of faith, and I believe that, that it'll heal, and that everything will be fine. And so he said, well, I am too. So the surgeon comes in, and he says, you know, he said he had two other student doctors that were interns with him. And he said, you know, he said, you're up moving around. He said, you're looking good. He said, you say you have no pain. He said, uh, what I can see on the x-rays, he says, things haven't gotten any worse. And he says, I can't see keeping you here for another month just to watch you. I mean, sometimes the nurses come in and I'm setting up in the chair. <laughs> and I wouldn't bother them. Sometimes they'd forget that I was even there uh, unless I called the nurse's desk. But uh, they come in and uh, he said, well, he said maybe we'll keep you a couple of more days. They'd already taken me off of the machine. I still had the tube in my side just in case. But everything for two days went fine. And uh, he come back by, one of the interns come back by that evening on Monday, and uh, he said, we're going to take the tube out. We're going to watch you for 24 hours, and he said, possibly you can go home on Wednesday. So for about three or four days, they had the, everything, and then on the fourth day, uh, we had been praying, and 
you know, I've been believing God that this is going to be a speedy thing. And it's not going to end up like the other cases. So, I mean, you know, like I know people, I've had relatives over the past year that have, uh, you know, they succumbed to the, to the disease and, and died. And I'm sure you know people and everything. But during those two or three weeks there prior to this happening, you take authority over it. You know that it's of the devil. You know that it's not right. And when I do that, then you see a little bit of relief. You get a little better. But then it's like it comes back again. <laughs> so it's back and forth. But anyway, the doctor said, you're doing fine, and we're going to let you go home. So I went home that, that Wednesday. Uh, so three or four days. I've got to go back tomorrow for another x-ray. And over the last couple of weeks, uh, I've just been getting better. And so I liken it to this, you know. Uh, the scriptures say in Proverbs that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and are safe. Well, you have to know that name. You have to know who he is. And in Exodus 15, God began to reveal to the Israelites who he was. And the first name that he revealed to them was Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God who heals. So praise God for his healing power. Because if I had chosen to allow fear, when that doctor says that, you know, generally, and the way he looks at you is, you know, generally you don't recover from this. And it's fatal in the large percentage of cases. So I could have sealed my fate right there and accepted what he said and allowed those thoughts to take over. And I probably would have still been in the hospital. But I chose not to. So the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and are safe. And I knew the name of Jehovah Rapha. I knew that God is my healer. Not just know it, but had intimate knowledge of it. And that's what you have to have, is intimate knowledge. And so uh, you go on and, and you just thank God that, you know, I hear what they're saying, but I believe your report. And then people say, well, you know, Psalms 91. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. You know, no plague will come nigh me, nor my dwelling. Well, we know that, but do you know that? And then you say, well, if you know that, then why did this happen? Well, a few weeks before, 
the Lord had been speaking to me about some things. And for those of you that have been with Father's House for a long time, you know, it's been a period of time that I haven't been ministering, but I've been teaching in school. Well, back last year, the Lord began to deal with me, and he said some things to me. So I knew what was coming. So I knew the end's not here yet, that he still has plans for me. And so in August, right before I got sick, there, he was dealing with me about some things that I was about to act on, and then I get sick. So I don't take it as, you know, God's trying to teach me something, but the devil was trying to stop something. <laughs> but he didn't succeed, Amen. and he's not going to succeed. Amen. And from what God showed me, when it does start happening, he's on, he, he needs to turn and run. Uh, because it's going to put a big dent in his kingdom. But uh, just know that faith, you build it up. You don't wait until you're sinking to try to build your faith. Now is the time why you build your faith and get to know his name. Get to know Jehovah Rapha. Get to know Jehovah Jireh, who is my provider. Get to know Jehovah Sir, who is my strength. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. Get to know Jehovah Sidkenu, my righteousness, because I've been made the righteousness of God in him. Get to know Jehovah Shama, that he is my peace that passes all understanding. Get to know him now. And then, when these things happen in your life and those hard times come, you know, yes, you know where that strong tower is in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Thank you. Marvelous. We love what the Lord is doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. Amen. Glory to God. There's your water. <laughs> Glory to God. Awesome testimony of the faithfulness and the healing power of God. Amen. But I like what he said. Don't wait till you get sick to start using your faith. Now when you're well is the time to get in the word and start practicing the word of God. Amen. We just believe that his lungs are completely healed and whole by the stripes of Jesus. There's nothing wrong with him. They're better than even before this happened in the name of Jesus. This is the year of restoration and recovery. And so we believe, we fully believe, fully believe it. And we are convinced <laughs> convinced, uh, just as Abraham was. Amen. Glory to God. And if you have sickness in your body, maybe you're struggling with symptoms this morning. Even uh, those who have had COVID and have had that long-term, you know, lasting effect that they say, you know, can take place. We just come against that right now in the name of Jesus. We take the authority that we have in his name, the name that's above every name. And we declare that your body is in full working order. It is aligned to the word of God. 
and we send the word of healing to you this morning from the top of your head to the soles of your feet any upper respiratory issue right now in the name of Jesus. You must cease and desist right now in Jesus' name. We speak clear lungs right now in the name of Jesus. Clarity. Oh, thank you, Father God. Breathing clearly, 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 clearly in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Breathing better than you ever have before in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Restoration. Better. That's right. God doesn't restore to the way it was. He does better. Like like new set of lungs. Like a like a baby has when they're born. Amen. We believe that and we take that. We take that. Hallelujah. All right. We're going to get into some things. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. This is good. Uh, Mr. Eric's going to do a few announcements. Pastor Justin's going to come and do the offering. And then uh, dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. How's everybody doing this morning? Good to be here. Happy to be here. It's got some announcements. Holy Spirit's been pressing upon me even before Tom's testimony. Tom, we love you, man. We're happy you're still with us. We didn't want you to go home. That would be too soon for all of us. I said that to him yesterday. I was like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. And he stopped by the house. Before I get into the announcements, it's only a couple of them. I just want you to think, check your heart. Like I always say, check your heart before you come in this place. What has God done that's good for you? Think of one thing and thank him for it. Be grateful. I, I'm grateful. I can say I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for family. I'm grateful for this church. There's plenty of things we can be grateful and happy for. I'm happy to have a job, a car, my health. One thing, and thank him for it, and then build off of that. Amen? So we have the Live to Lead next Saturday. This Saturday coming up. It's Sunday here, so the first day of the week. So Live to Lead on Saturday. There's a sign-up sheet in the back. Lunch will be provided for that. And then we got a second... Now, it's an annual thing, Trunk or Treat. It's an outreach. Now, with this Trunk or Treat, I know when I was growing up, I used to go trick-or-treating. Then I got a little older, and I did some things as a young punk, but not too bad, but just like a lot of the kids do. <clears throat> but that was my thing, and that's what I did. And then with Pastor telling me how she was raised where Halloween is bad, and there's some bad things in Halloween, you know. I won't get into it. But when you tell a child you don't want them participating in Halloween and all their friends at school, if they go to a public school, are out getting dressed up, putting makeup on, and going and getting a bunch of candy, and you're saying, well, what are you... And you're saying to your kid, you're not doing that. So they go to school the next day, and there's... Oh, I got so much candy, I didn't even sleep last night. And then the child, the person that can't go trick-or-treating because... The people don't believe in it, which is fine. Well, what's the alternative? Kids are going to resent church. They're going to say, well, I go to church, so 
I don't go trick-or-treating. My parents don't believe in it. Now I can't get candy. Now I don't want to be at church. So this outreach for Trunk or Treat is the alternative. We play Christian music. We decorate the cars. No evil. No, like, witches or anything like that. We, it's, you know, we have themes. If you want to sign up for Trunk or Treat, you can see Mike, head security guy back there. He's got the big beard. He's running the show this year for that, and we had a good time last year. But I just want you to know that it's not, there's, it's fun and it's an alternative for Christian kids and youth to get together and be with like-hearted individuals. So when they go back to school, because Halloween's on Sunday this year, so when they go back to school on Monday, they have candy in their basket. They had a good time that they can tell their friends about. And if you're not for it, that's fine. But that's why this church does the trunk or treat, to give children and youth the opportunity to have a good time. Amen? I think that's it. We have monthly calendars that Christina prints out. She's going to be doing it every month now to give information for each month of what the church is doing. And the last thing I'd say is we have an awesome church. And I couldn't picture myself anyplace else. And if you ask my wife, she'd tell you. If I didn't have this church, I probably wouldn't be in church. So thanks, everyone, for being in this church, being a part of this church. And if you're not involved, please get involved. If you're not a member, you can see Henry. He teaches the membership transformation track, and you get you plugged in. Amen? Amen. Pastor Justin, he's going to receive the offering. Thank you. Praise God. It's time to give. You need, a, you need an offering. Us is putting one in your hand right now. Praise God. Speaking of giving, John 3.16 says, uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And so God, God is not withholding anything that's good for, from, uh, from us. He gave us of his son. And uh, he also, Jesus came so we, so we can have abundance life, you know, life in abundance. And uh, by hearing uh, Tom's testimony, we know that Jesus had, has already brought, bought and paid for, for our healing on the cross. For the scripture tells us that his body was bruised on the cross for our infirmities. And so healing belongs to the body of Christ. Healing belongs to us. It's up to us. If we don't experience healing or if we don't experience abundance life of God in our life, and those are the promise of God for our life, if we don't experience those, we have to check ourselves. It's either a lack of knowledge of, the, uh, of God's word, or it's just we're just being ignorant, and or we don't believe the word. And so, like, like Tom said, Psalm 91, uh, you believe in that word, you stand in that word, 
You know, don't wait till you get in something to stand in your faith. We, we stand in faith. Ephesians tells us to, in standing, to stand even more. Our job is to keep standing in faith. You know, uh, like I said, God is not withholding anything from us. If it is lack of knowledge or the en- with the help of the enemy, he brings stuff to, to the body of Christ and to the world. You know, it, it, God is not doing that to us. You, you got people that believe that, you know, God is bringing all the destruction and tragedy in this world, but that's not from God. We have the enemy that is the prince of the air that is causing all these ruckus. And because of the lack of knowledge that people don't have from the word, they believe what, what's being said about God, but it's not from God. And, uh, and since we're receiving, I have a scripture for you. Since we're receiving, this is one, one of the things that, you know, we receive the life of God in our life, and we, we, we receive a new life in us. We are new creatures. And so we act like God. We, 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 think we have to act like his character now. And since he is a giver, this is what we do. We give. This is, it should have come naturally, but I understand some people struggle in this area, which is fine. But if you read the scripture that I'm going to give you right now, in 2 Corinthians 8, 7, 9, right? Paul is encouraging the Corinthians about their generosity. And he said in verse 7, but just as you excel in everything in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you so that you also excel, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. And he goes on to say in verse 9, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through he, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, you might become rich. Amen? And so if we're struggling, if we're struggling not giving in, 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 in this area right here, go to the scripture. This is one of the scriptures that you can go to and encourage, you know, build up yourself in, with that word, confess that word, and let that word sink in you and build yourself up in that, in that sense. Amen? And so uh, we thank you so much for your, for your giving uh, for, for, for the roof. And uh, our goal is... Uh, 400 a week, right? Right? And so we got what? All right. All right. So, like Pastor said, y'all heard? <laughs> we cut it in half. We're doing pretty good. And uh, I guess 200k men or something, if I'm seeing it right. And so, continue to stay faithful in our giving so we can. Keep on meeting the goals for, for our roof, in that sense. Amen? We can do the confession. Stand up, please. <laughs> Believe it while we're reading this confession, all right? Let's read. Because we are tired, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance and every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and return. 
We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debt demolished, royalty received, and properties acquired. Hallelujah. We get in our building, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our life in Jesus. We command our harvest to come. Harvest comes to us now. Harvest angels, go get it and bring it to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can bring your offerings and uh, pastor will pray for it. All right, come on, get it in. Glory to God. All right, glory to God. All right, let's uh, pray over this. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to invest in your kingdom. We're not throwing our money away. We don't have to give, but we're excited because we get to give. And we know the work that is being done in and through this body. And I thank you for every single person who has sown today, whether in person or participating online. You see our hearts. We declare we are cheerful givers. And we know that we are loved by you. And so I thank you that you multiply the seed that we sow. In Jesus' name, we receive our harvest now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Mr. Donnie. Glory to God. So, um, Daddy. <laughs> so, yesterday, um, we took him to eat uh, to the boathouse in Tiverton, one of his favorite places, he said today. He's like, I love that place. So, he had his fish and chips. They bought him a cheesecake, which he took a bite out of, and that's it, because you know he don't eat sweets. We made him take that bite out of it. And so he's like, yeah, I'm all set. And so uh, someone posted on Facebook, Peggy and David posted on Facebook that um, he told them when we lived in Tulsa that he will never pray for, over his dessert. And he never does because he has no faith to pray over sugar. <laughs> He's like, it ain't good for your body. So I don't have no faith to pray over. So there's this Amish individual who says that, tells all his Amish friends, we don't pray over dessert because Jack doesn't pray over dessert. <laughs> he still, she said, still till this day, <laughs> they don't pray over dessert because he told, I have no faith to pray. So um, I didn't, we told you um, that we would take you to eat, and then he told us, uh, make sure we don't advertise or make a big deal about his birthday, but you told us too late. So uh, today is about celebrating your birthday. He's like, <laughs> he's, all, he's mad at mom now. <laughs> How could you? 
And so we have guests here who are here because of that. As you know, if you could stand for me, please. Actually, come up here, Mr. John. Those of you who know, uh, this is a friend of this house. He's family to us. This is John McCall. He's a city councilor in the city of Taunton. How many of you are Tontonians in the house? Okay, so he is running again. <laughs> so, you know, we'll let that be known. Uh, but he is here today to honor and celebrate dad with us. And so uh, we're excited to have you. We thank you for coming. Uh, we're going to be showing you some things that uh, he participated in, and we will do that shortly. What I wanted to start with was, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. And so we put together a presentation of uh, just moments in your life, pictures in your life, and I'd like you to turn your attention to the screens. We'll watch that, and then we'll do that other presentation. All right. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
I've been running in circles Jumping the hurdles Getting caught in that brush of doing so much I'm feeling kind of worn out All this checking the boxes Trying to be flawless Has me spinning my head Catching my breath Too afraid to slow down I tell myself to keep this up That God wants more than just my love But I've been complicating things It's just like me to overthink
And that's the story of his life. Loving God and loving people. That's it. That's what it was. Being raised in the DeGrasse household, it was about loving God and loving people. And it still continues to be that way. And so, uh, you know, I was putting these pictures together and just, oh. <laughs> and there's so many, I mean, so many pictures you want to put all of them in. We'd be here all day. Um, did you catch the one of the three of you? Did you catch those three boxes? So I was going to put then, middle, and old, but I didn't, I didn't put old. I said I was going to put just the beginning. Because uh, if you saw, uh, the first picture was, you know, Nancy. She had her long, flowy hair, and she looked so young there. And that was back in the 80s. Yeah, it was brown hair, right? He had hair. <laughs> he had hair, and yours was, was dark, too, with the big old long mustache with his uh, Tom Selleck shirt, you know, that my mom went to and buttoned up. <laughs> John Travolta, excuse me. So that's been a long-time friendship, a long-time friendship. And so we just thank God for each of you. Daddy, today is uh, about you, and so uh, I'm going to, uh, we want to do something uh, and for the family to join us. This morning, uh, Kev, where are you? All right, come on up. Mr. Aaron, you can go up too. I'm so excited because we can continue this legacy that he started uh, with our sons <laughs> and, and our kids, you know. And so we're just so grateful for that. Um, if you was around us back in the 70s and 80s, music was a huge part of the DeGrasse household. That guitar in his hands and my sister and I, he took us to anybody who would have us. Nursing homes, convents, <laughs> people's houses. Get out the guitar. Oh, it's in the car. Don't worry, I got my guitar. And so we always, he took us everywhere. And so back in the 70s and 80s, we were fanatics. What's a religious fanatic? Someone who loves God more than you do. <laughs> and they're not afraid to show it. And that's how we were. In the 70s and 80s, uh, music was very different. Music, it was in your face. Either you believe it or you don't. And so, we want to take you back to those moments in time in our house uh, and just give you a little snippet of what you would have heard if you were in the DeGrasse household. Can you help me on this platform, please? Come on, Maddie. Thank you. Can you turn on number eight for the guitar, please? Again, this is my sister Maddie. When we were young, people would say, who's older? I'd say, she, oh, she, and she'd go, I am. And I'm like, not by much. And then now as we're older, they'll say, who's old? Now that, you know, we're a little older, so they'll say, who's older? And I'll say, she is by like two years, like two years, she's older than me. <laughs> She's really older than me. And so this is Maddie. She's the quiet one. And, uh, but she's not really. Really, she's not. Right, Tom? She ain't quiet. Everybody thinks she's quiet. She ain't quiet. She has everybody fooled. But I, this is the first person I ever sang with in my life. And it's always a joy and a blessing for me to be able to sing with my sister. We've had so many moments together in our house, downstairs, always had a finished basement. We'd go down there, we'd start singing, start harmonizing, 
And then we'd look up and it would be dark outside and we have tears running down our face. And mom's like, you didn't eat dinner <laughs> because we would just be praising God and the presence of God was so strong there. So we want to invite our sons to help us this morning. Now, this is a song. We're this is a song written by Bill Gaither. Those of you who know the Gaithers, this is back in the day. And it's really about getting everybody together and tell everybody. This is where Pastor Jack gets it. Tell everyone that Jesus Christ is king. Amen? Come on, let's do it. Get all excited, go and tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Come on and get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. One more time, come on. Get all excited, go and tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go and tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Come on and get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Do you believe that today? So in church, you could just keep playing. So in church, we'd sing a lot of songs. We'd sing a whole lot of songs. And I remember that in the 80s, we do these two songs together, like every service that we had. And you know what? He still does these two songs at home with mom every day during their praise time. All right, we could switch. I just like how that sounds. I'm a 70s, 80s girl, so I really like how songs sounded back then. All right, so, uh, so this song, he does every service. Those of you who know from the 80s, you'll know this song. We used to do it. Very simple song. What song is it? Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. One more time. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Now let's do the second one. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. 
has made I will rejoice for he has made he has made me glad he has made me glad he has made me glad I will rejoice for he has made me glad he has made me glad he has made me glad I will rejoice for he has made me glad yeah glory to God so like in church we'd be you know we grew up in church and we sang some crazy songs there was a song that they would do it's like in the Bible it's there's a bomb in Gilead now it's B-A-L-M as a seven-year-old you're hearing B-O-M-B and you are like where is this Gilead and do they know there's a bomb coming in Gilead what is going on then you know they'd say hold hands with your relatives and your family your friends in church so you'd be holding hands well I'm the youngest I'm on the end now I gotta hold hands with a stranger and they're like all right we're gonna sing this song together bind us together Lord bind us together with cords that cannot be broken what I don't want to be bound with this guy so we'd sing some crazy songs as kids and so we would just you know take it in then I don't know why every song was done in the key of opera every song was done in the key of opera and they would take there was a song that we would do every service spirit of the living god fall fresh on me beautiful song except we wouldn't do it in that key we had to take it up to where the opera singers sing spirit of the living god fall fresh now it goes you now it's way up there and there was that one lady you know that would always be like did you hear me I hit that I did that that was me that you heard singing and so you know we had we saw so many things so you could tell when we got home what we played we played church and we made fun of every single no I'm just kidding all right let's go let's do the next one so then uh, this song is one that was dead oh how great is our God uh, this one we do in the nursing home the old people love it they'd get up dance almost fall people would be like sit down you're a forest and so this was this was one that we did how great is our God how great is his name how great is our God forever the same forever the same he rolled back the world said I'll never leave you put your trust in me he rolled back he rolled back the waters of the mighty Red Sea and he said I'll never leave you put your trust in me glory okay we have two more three more all right so this one is one of those in your face we're saved we know it we don't know about you this is how the 70s was 
So the second verse, I ask for your grace and mercy, but this is what we used to sing, so we're going to sing it. This was the number one song that we would do in church, and we do it in the nursing home too, and there's, it asks a question in the chorus, and the old people would be like, I do, and we're like, put your hands out, we're singing, can't you see we're singing? So this is a song that it has audience participation. Many years have come and gone Since he walked upon our ground They say lives don't last so long Then why is his story hanging around? Why do people stop and pray to a man that's dead and gone? When I ask them, they just say, He's coming back to take me home. Anybody here want to live forever? Say I do. Anybody here want to walk on golden streets? Say I do. Sick and tired of living like you do. Anybody here want a home with love forever? Yeah. Say I do. Here we go. They say you will never know. To up to that man and you look into his eyes of love and you touch those nail prints in his hands then if you can walk away Knowing all he's died to do. That's when I'll just have to say, much grace required. I guess he didn't die for you. Come on, sing it. Anybody here want to live forever? Say I do. Anybody here want to walk on golden streets? Say I do. Anybody here sick and tired of living like you do? Anybody here want a home with love forever? Say I do. Yeah, this song, that song came out in 1974. It came out. 
This next song came out in 1969, but it wasn't uh, really um, popular until 1974 when they started putting it in hymnals, in youth hymnals. This song is called Pass It On. to just tell everybody you want to tell everybody now we're doing this because he takes all the credit for how me and my sister sing so if you've ever talked to him he'll tell you oh they sing because of me and he's right because he paid a lot of money for us to take lessons <laughs> and so we're grateful to him for bringing us up in a home that we had this kind of music this was we were ccm girls christian contemporary christian music girls sandy patty amy grant michael w smith we grew up on that music and so we're so grateful to our dad and mom uh, for that we're going to do one last one this is one he wrote back in the early uh, late 70s early eight no late it was in the 70s it was actually on an album you can get it on amazon it's called my father's house it's by charlie norton and charlie sings it but he gives dad credit for writing it and so uh we're we're going to do the song and then when we go to do it the second time i want you to come up and do it with us okay 
Now, we might not be doing it in your key, though, because his key is opera. All right. <laughs> All right, here we go. Now, just picture young Jack. We just sang about what a wondrous time is spring when all the trees and the birds you've heard his story when everything is just glorious because he just got saved this is the song he penned every day i awake i give thanks to my jesus and i thank him for setting me I no longer live in darkness and sorrow cause my Jesus has set me free. Yes, my days are no longer a burden to me that's because i'm free i'm free i'm free oh every day is a new day walking with my jesus and i'll tell everyone what he's done for me Tell everyone what he's done. 
the least they could have done is tell me oh, we're going to sing this song so I can practice. But boy, what a surprise. This is a surprise. I mean, really surprised. I, just the other day, I said, you know what? Don't tell nobody. I don't want nobody to know that I'm 80 years old. And they didn't say much. So this, this, usually I get something. Usually I get... Little hints. No. But I, in this particular case here, nothing. What a surprise. I thank God for people like you folks. And I thank God that he put in our hearts to raise him up his way. Because it pays off. And I thank him for all of you folks here. I see the future. I see us up there together celebrating this very, very presence with us there. And so I'm grateful for what he has done. All right. We have one more surprise. So you can have a seat. Want to help them down? Have a seat near mom. There's some people who um, are near and far. <laughs> and so they wanted to send their birthday wishes to you. So we want to play something for you to uh, close this out. Thank you, my sons and my, my son and my nephew. Thank you, Maddie. Pastor Jack, there's a scripture in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 10. It says, honor one another above yourself. And that is something that you truly did. You always honored everyone. You were so gracious in being generous with platform time and including people in your ministry and the things that, that you did as outreach into the city. And you were so honoring to other people. And it's our day to honor you of what a wonderful leader and a godly example you have been in all the years that we have known you. What pleasure, what delight, and what a joy it is. You just lift our hearts every time we see you. 
And um, even though, you know, we don't spend that much time together, that connection, that spirit of God in you, bearing witness to the spirit of God in us, that is the true mark of fellowship. And we love you so much. Happy birthday. And we honor you above ourselves because, very frankly, you've earned it. I want to wish my best neighbor in the whole world, Pastor Jack, who lives right there, a very happy 80th birthday. You are such a blessing to me and my family, and we love you. Love you, Pastor. Hey there, Pastor Jack. We want to send you a big happy birthday greeting from Angela and I. We love you a bunch and so glad to have been connected with you. For 33 years, ever since we started Rama, and we love and appreciate you and Maria so much, and just wanted to be a part of greeting you on your special day. Yes, happy birthday, much love. May showers of blessings fall upon you, and your latter days be greater in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy birthday, Pastor Jack. Love you. Enjoy your day. Have a wonderful time. I appreciate everything you've done for me. Thank you again, and happy birthday. Hi, Pastor Jack. <laughs> hi. We have not forgotten about you guys. And say hi to the wife, Maria. Uh, we miss you very much. Every day we think about you guys. And uh, I wish you a very well and joyful happy birthday. And uh, that God answer all your prayers. And uh, soon, we could see each other again. Happy birthday. We miss you very much and our kids. <laughs> okay, so uh, yes, brother, keep it up. And uh, big hug and kisses from the Vega family. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. I love you, Pastor Jack. I love you too, man. Bye. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pastor Jack. Happy birthday, Pastor Jack. We love you. Hi, Pastor Jack. Happy 80th birthday. We are so happy and blessed to have you as our friend. We thank you for the opportunity to express our birthday wish to you and your family. Wishing you many more. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Pastor Jack. We love, we you. love you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Pastor, Pastor Jack. Jack. We love you. We thank God for you. Happy 80th birthday. We are so grateful and so blessed to have met you, to have you in our lives. You are a blessing, and we just love you so much. We love you so much, and we thank God. We we hope you have a happy, happy 80th birthday. Yes, Pastor Jack. I just love and thank God for you. Wish I would have known you for 20 years, but I'm just thankful for God uh, bringing us together in this life, and I pray he blesses you with many, many prosperous years. Happy birthday, Pastor Jack. Bye. Happy birthday, Pastor Jack. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you always. Thanks for all your support. We miss you. Hope to see you soon. Bye. Bye, Bye Pa. I just want to say happy birthday. I love you. I thank you, Pa, for all the years that I've gotten to know you and your family. Uh, it's a privilege and an honor to know you. And there's never enough thank you, Pa, for all that you have done for me. 
your words of um, um, unconditional love and forgiveness, the Holy Spirit, and most of all, dancing in the Spirit. I love you, Pa. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Hi, Jack. Hope you have a happy and blessed 80th birthday. Okay. You have been my pastor for many years, Pastor Jack. I love you with all my heart. And the man you are to me is what I'm going to say in the next few sentences. The love you have for people penetrates your very being. To me, you are totally 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8, and a great soul winner, and a very wise man. Proverbs 11:30. that is a soul winner, that says that a soul winner is a wise man. Hi, Pastor Jack. This is uh, Pastor Edna. And from me and my family and our congregation, Casa Adoración, House of Worship, we want to say happy birthday. And we are so glad to, to get to know you, your family, your congregation. You really have been a blessing, not only to us, for everybody who knows you um, in the city of Tanton. So we are so, so glad to say happy birthday. Continue being a blessing for everyone around you so god bless you our best wishes for you and your family and your congregation bye bye god bless you david can you believe pastor jack is going to be 80 years old i can't believe it i can't either he looks so good he runs he's so trim i think you need to have a manly talk with him and find out what type of cream he puts on his face he has no lines I think he uses oil from Cape Verde or something. You have to find out, okay? There would be nothing manly about asking a man what kind of oil he uses. That's okay, so you'll do it. I will not. <laughs> okay. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Pastor, Pastor Jack. Jack. We, we love, love you. you. Hi, Jack. David and Peggy here, just saying we hope you have a great day. Thanks for the friendship and all the great memories we had at Rayma and over the years. Thank you for all, all you've been to us, Pastor Jack. I uh, pray that you have a blessed day today. Uh, that you're part of this legacy of this family here, 
and all of you in Florida. Thank you for allowing us to hold your pulpit so many times. And we're just believing the best is yet to come for you and your family and the church. We love you guys. Happy birthday. Happy 80th birthday, and thank you for being the best grandfather. Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ from Father's House Family Church. It's a pleasure being here to celebrate Pastor Jack's happy birthday day. And I have a little prepared statement I would like to read to Pastor Jack. Happy birthday, Pastor Jack. You've been a wonderful person to me and the church at large. You have taught us that every good thing given and every perfect gift is above, coming down from the fathers of lights with whom there is no variation of shifting shadow. We're hoping our little birthday wishes will make you have a lovely day and let you know how much we love you, Pastor Jack. Happy birthday and God bless you. Happy birthday, Pastor Jack. Happy 80th birthday. We love you. Hey, Jack. This is um, Pastor Joe, my wife, Linda. We're so glad um, that we have an opportunity to wish you a happy birthday. Um, you and your wife are a blessing, and we thank God for all that you are in the area of that Taunton area and how God's used you and your family. And we love you guys, and we appreciate you. And we pray and hope that you have a great, great birthday. Thanks, Jack. I appreciate all the memories from Rayma when you used to play your guitar, the music group with the three-year-olds. Oh, yeah. Um, it was awesome. And it was great to um, spend some time with you, Maria. So we wish you the best in uh, your future with God and um, many more years of happiness and health. Love God, you guys. Love you guys. God bless. Bye. Bye-bye. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Poppy. Happy birthday to you and many more. <laughs> Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Wow, wow, Marie. You. I'm just kidding. I'm blessed <laughs> to have you as my father-in-law. Happy 80th birthday. And many more. <laughs> have a great day. Be blessed. Bye. Bye. Pastor Jack. I'm so excited. I can't believe it's your 80th birthday. You can't possibly be over 45 years old. You're awesome. Our favorite people on the East Coast. And it's hard to believe now we've known each other for decades. So Beth and I and Sophia and West Coast Life Church here in Southern California, we send our love to you. We're crazy about you. Can't wait to see you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Pastor Jack. 80 years old. I hope I look as good as you do at 80 years old. Sherlyn and I wish you a happy birthday. Pray that you would be blessed in every way, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially, that God would just bless you so much. Happy birthday, Pastor Jack. We love you and God's blessings on you. Happy birthday, 80 years old. Happy birthday. Bye-bye. Hallelujah. Come on and stand with me. Dad, why don't you come up? We do have cake that we're going to have. So come up. We want to sing an official happy birthday. Thank you for all of you who took time to send videos. We, that was quite fun <laughs> and interesting. <laughs> Thank you so much. So everyone, at the, on the, not the opera key, but Kev, where are you? Mm, happy.
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear daddy. Happy birthday to you. Say anything? I don't know if I can. <laughs> All I can say is God bless you in every realm of your life. And thank you for yielding yourself to His love. There will be a great reward when we love people in this earth. There'll be reward up there. Thank you so much. Maria, I appreciate you. I know that Julia went through a lot of <laughs> 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 uh, to put it together. Our pleasure. I'm glad we could do this. I always talk about how it's good to honor someone when they are with you. I hate putting presentations together after the fact. And so we'll never do that in this house. We want to honor everybody. And he has a long time to go, long time. Where that vision that you have of us in heaven celebrating together, that ain't happening for a long time. <laughs> it's going to be a while before we're in heaven rejoicing, unless Jesus comes back tomorrow. But it's going to be a long time. But I, I believe in honoring uh, individuals when they are here in front of us and with us. Amen. I believe that that's so important in your life. Do that. Honor your mother, honor your father, honor your brother, your sister, honor the people that God has put in your life now. Don't wait till they're done and then stand up and say, they were wonderful and they were great. Honor them now. We can do that after, but it's good to do that now. Amen. So happy birthday. There is cake downstairs so we can talk to him some more and celebrate him some more. So stay and have some cake and coffee with us. Do you want to bless the cake? He will not pray for the cake. It's dessert. So I will pray. Take the calories out. No, just kidding. <laughs>